twelve days of Dilroge's Twitter Ohana on theme talk Thursday. Now is the time forever? Old Hashtag always MGM. Old, old, old. We always do that. You are approaching the unloading area. Behold the majesty of the Sistine Seal. For the kids. A salute to all theme parks, but mostly Walt Disney World. What a cute ending. Aloha and welcome aboard. This is Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz. She is Jen. Hello. And I am Frank (laughs) and I am ill. (laughs) The ghost of Frank passed. I don't know what you are. I'm pointing my bony finger and Scrooge this way, Scrooge. (laughs) Done with me. Oh man, it's, it's gotten me. I want, I want to blame these 12 days, but no, they're a good thing, these 12 days of the right. Twitter Ohana right. that we are drawing to a close on. Yes. And we got a big guest. A huge guest. Like probably, I don't want to say our biggest. I don't want to insult anyone. I kind of feel like maybe it's our biggest though. I Well, I feel like we're going to talk to him about what you and I think was like one of the biggest uh, online moments of the year. Right. Within, within this episode. So uh, bring them right in right now. Rhonda just jump right in because God knows when the voice will drop out and we'll have to take (laughs) over and take the ball and run. Right. From touring plans. Here he is. Brian McNichols. Brian. Brian. Welcome. Welcome to our little show over here. One heck of an intro. One of my shorter ones. It's true. It's true. You've been spared. <laughs> uh, we, uh, you and I both, Jen, were on uh, the Toy and Plants podcast in the springtime. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, we had Angela on, uh, Angela Dahlgren on in September. And now we, we have completed the circle. Yes. The circle is now complete. The circle and, of life. Oh, boy. Just I know. <laughs> Careful. And Brian is here. Brian, uh, just for the people at large here, talk about your position with touring plans, what you do, because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff involved that my brain goes. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's kind of how my brain goes when I try to explain (laughs) my job to literally anyone. Um, People at least that are familiar with, you know, Disney, it it makes it a lot easier talking to, you know, meeting people on the street that ask me what I do is a terrifying (laughs) question. (laughs) But uh, I work for touringplans.com. Uh, if uh, anybody listening that is not familiar with throwingplans.com, you can, that is also the web address uh, that you can go to. But uh, I do kind of a, a lot of random things. I, I think my business card still says analyst, uh, although I think I'm getting new ones. and I have literally have no idea what they say. But uh, Angela made me pick a new title and I don't remember what we decided on. <laughs> But it's, uh, I, do, uh, I do quite a few of our YouTube videos. I co-host our podcast with, with the aforementioned Angela Dahlgren. And I do a lot of like content management on the site and you know, some stats work and you know, boring behind the scenes stuff that has to get done. So. Um, can I just say, I don't know, Frank, if you experience this, being a guest on Touring Plans podcast, mm-hmm. I was pretty nervous. I'm not going to lie. I think I was sweating. There was no video, which was good. I was like sweating. I was like, oh, I got to really be clear with what I'm saying. I can just, I do crazy things here. I go blah, blah, blah a lot. You know, I don't even know what happens. And I'm like, be professional on this podcast. No, and it was very nerve wracking. That was the wrong podcast to be professional. <laughs> <laughs> but likewise, I was like, just 
keep yourself together. Don't go yeah. on a rant. Don't <laughs> yeah, show exactly. them your temper. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> uh, how long have you been doing the podcast with Angela? Um, I, I think, it, well, it's a tricky question because we only, we only have like, I think 37 episodes out mm -hmm. to date, but we've been kind of doing it for like, you know, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. sure. we, we tend to, we tend in the beginning, especially we tended to take very long breaks, um, bef you know, in between episodes. Now, more recently, we've been a little more regular, although uh, I have a feeling we're going to be taking a little bit of time off again. I, yeah. I don't know. We're both between our travel schedules and just other work we have to do. It gets, it gets dicey. So yeah, uh, we, we will see, but uh, it's been, I've, I've been randomly podcasting for a long time now, but it's always been like that. Just stopping and starting, starting right. new ones and stopping them. And yeah. <laughs> so it goes, I know how it. that goes. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I asked that lead in question because, because one of my favorite things this whole time was how you and Angela had never met face to face, but oh that is over. Yeah, <laughs> it is. We finally met as we're recording this. We met a, about a week ago at the uh, the Rise of the Resistance opening in Hollywood Studios. Finally, so funny. I was like, "Wait, what? How did I miss that? They've never actually met yeah. each other." <laughs> but the the I, funnier I, one, my 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 most recent podcast before this was was called "Pardon the Pixie Dust" that I did with Derek Bergen, who is also a a, a frequent contributor to Touring Plans and, and the blog, especially. Uh, and I have still to date never met Derek in person. So oh funny. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, so what was it like? Were there tears? Was there hugs? <laughs> what, was, what was the emotional level? Did you level? run slowly towards yeah. each other? Yeah. Not really, because we've, we've talked so much yeah. between videos and podcasts and everything that we, all, we kind of feel like we knew each other already. Yeah. More mm -hmm. just like, going, oh, hey, how are you doing? And <laughs> she gave me what I get a lot, which is, which is oh, you're taller than I thought. I'm 6'3". <laughs> And, uh, you know, all my videos, for the most part, are from, like, shoulders up. So right. if I'm standing with someone else, it's, it's kind of hard to judge. So That's awesome. And uh, quick hits on Rise of the Resistance, just your overall impressions. Uh, I, I mean, without spoiling anything, yeah. It, yeah. Is the, uh, it is the best theme park ride I've ever been on. Yeah, that's what everyone says. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, I think it's, man. it's, I, now I haven't been on, I, I hear really great things about Hagrid's uh, Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure, mm -hmm. which I have to think about every time I say <laughs> the title. I, and I did not get to go on that when I was at Universal this past summer. So uh, I hear really good things about that. But, uh, you know, that aside, I think I've been on uh, everything else in the domestic Disney and Universal parks. Mm. And, uh, and Rise of the Resistance is number one for me now. Wow. Yeah. I guess the big thing too for, in terms of your approach to the park and everything else is the analytical part. So what, <laughs> what, yeah, how do you, how does your brain work from that portion of it compared to the ride portion, you know, the analyst? Well, it's yeah. funny. It's, it's one of those where it, it it's not ready yet. Um, they've only been running it, you know, like periodically. And, and I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners have, have been following along, but they've been doing what are called boarding groups instead of a standby line. So mm -hmm. uh, it's basically a virtual line. I've, I feel like as I talk, I should get huskier because of Matt Frank's vibe. That he's out. Um, we got whiskey and cigars for this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but so it's basically a virtual line that uh, when you get into the park, you have to go on their app or find a cast member with a tablet and get yourself put in line. And the reason they're doing that is because it's just not running that well. Mm -hmm. 
So this way they can kind of hide when the ride goes down. Yeah. Um, but from what we've heard, like it's just not running at a very high capacity compared to what they had hoped for. But as soon as you go into the ride, you kind of get it. Like there's a lot of stuff happening um, and a lot of mixtures of different techniques that Disney has done over the mm -hmm. past, you know, things like animatronics and, you know, giant video screens and moving a lot of moving parts and things. So going through it, you kind of go, Oh, okay. I see why this doesn't work all the time. Like yeah. it's really, really complicated. But uh, yeah, from, from a, a touring perspective, the boarding groups have definitely made it tricky. And it, it's, you know, the flight of passage at animal kingdom, still gets really long waits and that one you know the best time best thing to do is get to the park like an hour before they open and ride it immediately but you can also go towards the end of the night and you know you'll have some weight but it won't be terrible right. rise of the resistance you just can't do that right now because they yeah. give away all the boarding groups mm -hmm. within half hour 45 minutes of the park opening and they're gone for the day so if you're not there at least you know a half hour an hour before the park opens you're just not going to ride so it's it, weird. Yep. Yeah, I can't get over those pictures I've been seeing this week. And it's just the every morning, mm -hmm. the crowds at hashtag always MGM are just massive. I mean, it's <laughs> it's nuts, but. And especially I can't I, even I, imagine I, next week for like. Christmas, yeah, yeah. seriously. Like. Yeah, weekday mornings in December. Mm -hmm. and, and the place oh, yeah. the mob scene at the front of the park. It's so wild. Do you think all theme park attractions that follow now suffer because <laughs> of the quality of Rise of the Resistance, that this is how we will judge things on the social medias? <laughs> um, I think, I, yeah, yes and no. I mean, it's such a unique ride. I think it's going to be hard to compare. I mean, like the, the other things that are being built right now are, you know, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, mm -hmm. which we already know what that is. They have mm -hmm. one in, in Paris. Um, the Cosmic Rewind, the Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a roller coaster. Right. And the Tron light cycle coaster. Which we know. Um, mm -hmm. None of those are really that similar enough. Like, uh, like Remy is actually probably the most similar in style. But like I said, we already know what that is. So no one's going to be shocked by right. it. If the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster isn't as good I mean, I'm sure there, uh, there are always people that are going to complain about stuff, but yeah. it's a roller coaster. So it's at least a much different style. Right. Um, next time they go with like a full e-ticket dark ride, that's maybe when you'll see some people going like, well, it's still not, not as good. <laughs> right, right. Well, I guess I point to how people feel about Navi River Journey compared to Flight of Passage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, can, can any simple dark rides be done anymore? Will that happen anymore? Or are we past that? No, I think it still will. I think it, it, rides like that have a, a, a purpose still in the parks. And that is uh, something else to do when the major rides are too busy, which is exactly what Navi River Journey was supposed to be. It was supposed to handle overflow for people that, that you know, didn't want to wait for Flight of Passage. The problem was, and I think even Disney was surprised by this, there was so many people wanting to ride Flight of Passage that even Navi River Journey's lines were we're going over an hour, which mm -hmm. it's just not worth that kind of wait. Right. right. Um, you know, when it eventually calms down and you're waiting 20, 30 minutes for Navi River Journey, that's a different experience then. Yeah. Uh, and I think Millennium Falcon is a good example of that too, where it opened first and got all the, the, the hoopla because it was the first one opened, but it mm -hmm. was never, it was always supposed to be the secondary attraction in the mm -hmm. land. Yeah. And it, in its place next to Rise of the Resistance as the ride that you can ride with a much shorter wait 
uh, it, it looks a lot better than it does as the premier attraction. So, I mean, they'll still, and the, they'll, they'll still be rides like Little Mermaid, uh, the, or Under the Sea, the mm -hmm. Voyage or Journey of the Little Mermaid. I always forget the adjectives. Yeah, I know. We, we um, never know the full title. And then, where it's just the dark ride <laughs> Omnimovers that just eat people, you know, like there'll be stuff like that because Disney knows what they're doing and they know they have to have people go somewhere in these mm -hmm. parks. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, totally. And funny that you bring up the Falcon because your video of seeing the Millennium Falcon for the first time <laughs> in Disneyland was like, you know, my favorite thing that I saw all year. Like, I, I, I felt like when I was on Touring Plans podcast with you guys, I was like, I'm not going to Orlando in August. No way, no how. I'm not going near that place for six months. And then... <laughs> watching your reaction, I was like, how do I not go <laughs> see this? How, I, how could I live with myself? Um, what kind of, I mean, I, I, you see the comments and everything else, but do people still come up to you and talk about it? Or is it something? Not, that not too much, no. Um, you know, people, I, people will definitely mention it. It's, it's, it's one I get one, I get a lot of, of comments about, you know, because I don't, I'm, I'm not the type that generally shows a lot of emotion. <laughs> so um, I'm more, I'm more of the smirky kind of, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually very much more of the Han Solo type, the kind of smirky <laughs> using humor to hide, hide my actual emotions, oh, we uh, can especially relate. on camera. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that definitely hit me more than I, you know, it's funny because I'd seen the pictures, like I knew where it was, I knew yeah. what was coming, but yeah, it's just, you know, seeing the full size Millennium Falcon, you know, in one place uh, is, was more than I expected it to be. So that was good. I'm glad I actually had the camera pointed at me instead of <laughs> over my head. Cause I don't think I was even looking at it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. That, that's that. I mean, it was like one of those, you know, the the genuine, authentic reaction is, you know, I feel like that's what one we try to convince people of. Like, I'm like, yeah, I don't think you understand like how we feel about it. It's not like, you know, we're uh, coming from a crazy place. It's like it gives us these pure, you know, whether we're talking Star Wars or Disney or anything like that, these, you know, emotions that live in, in our soul basically for years and years and years. And you don't know that they're coming out until yeah. you're right in front of you. You know, mm -hmm. it's wild. Uh, by the time this drops, the rise of Skywalker will have uh, also premiered. Uh, how are, are you hopeful? Are you how you feel about what you're about to see with Episode Nine, the end of the saga, quote unquote? You know, it's funny. Like like you, Frank. I'm also an old man, so um, <laughs> no, no, know, I, you're not. You are not only him. It doesn't matter <laughs> how old anyone else is. They could be older than him. He is old. No one else uh, is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, I've I've been through a lot of various Star Wars movies, and the prequels still have me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a little hopeful, but still holding back some because yeah. I, I got very, very excited for, you know, all three of the prequels when I was in my what, right. teens, early 20s at that mm -hmm. point. And, um, and you know, it, each one I was kind of like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I loved The Last Jedi. It's mm -hmm. legitimately one of my favorite Star Wars movies. So I'm both very excited to see how they managed to conclude, but also a little bit nervous just because um, I like J.J. Abrams, but I also think he tends to play it safe a yeah. lot with story ideas. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit afraid that he will roll back some of the 
things from from the last jedi that i really really liked about the last jedi specifically like ray's parentage or Mm. lack thereof and um you know some of the the ideas about the jedi themselves and kylo ren i I really like where all the characters went in Mm -hmm. the last jedi which i know a lot of people didn't so uh that's part of why i'm a little bit afraid that they'll roll some of that back yeah, no, I get you. And I mean, I'm, I'm a JJ fan too, because he deals, I mean, granted, he plays it safe because he likes to go back to the same themes over and over again, which one of which is repeating history. I feel like that's often uh, one of his big ones. And uh, so that's why I love The Force Awakens. People are like, wow, it's just a rehashing of New Hope. And I was like, it was brilliant. It's my, it's like my second favorite. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, but Last Jedi, it, it's not my favorite, but there's so many fantastic moments in that movie. Mm-hmm. You can't like just dismiss it, you know? And I think that as long as they serve the characters of Ray and Kylo right, yeah, be okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I would be shocked if I came out in it. And this is funny because by the time people hear, hear about this, we'll have seen it, but <laughs> right. um, I, I will be shocked if I come out of the theater going, oh, I just hated that. Like, I think at worst case scenario, I'll be like, okay, like that was, that was good. I enjoyed right. myself, you know, which Force Awakens, that's when I, I loved it when I first saw it on re, many rewatches since, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm probably down to where I'm like, oh, this is fun. This is, it's a fun, enjoyable movie, but it's not necessarily like something I, I love. Where Last Jedi, I feel like has grown on me even more uh, since, since I saw it. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful in that I don't think I'm going to dislike it, but I'm really hoping that it, they, they kill the ending here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that they, they wrap it up in a nice bow would be really great. I would like to rewind a little bit uh, because Angela kind of told us how she got into touring plans. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into touring plans? It's almost like, to me, like an SNL thing. Like I'm always interested in how people got into yeah. SNL and there's always an interesting story behind it. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know how interesting it is. It was, <laughs> it was honestly dumb luck. I, uh, I worked for out of college i worked for the federal government doing like finance budget statistics for about 10 years or so um and then the job i was in at the time wanted me to move and i didn't want to move so i quit Hmm. and i was getting i had a a severance and i was getting unemployment and stuff so i didn't really need to work for Mm -hmm. a little while and um i was kind of looking around at my options and i was a fan of touring plans my we had just see my daughter was about two and a half and we had just taken her to disney world for the first time and um and i think we were planning on going back again before my wife was pregnant with my son i think at the time and uh, we were planning on going back before she had the baby or right after i don't remember what the plan actually was and i was using touring plans a lot so i thought oh well i love I love the travel, uh, not just Disney. I, I love traveling anywhere and I love planning the travel. So I, I reached out to Len and I said, hey, I, I love research, I love travel, I have a background in statistics, are you looking for help? And he called me and said, well, yeah, kind of, but um, basically like if you wanna work for us for free for a couple months, um, then you know we'll see how it goes so i did that i worked like eight hours a week for free for i don't remember six months maybe Mm -hmm. and uh 
And then I, I said, I, my unemployment was running out. And I said, okay, um, I either have to look for a real job or yeah. we have to do it. He said, okay, then fine. And he hired me. And that was in 2011. Okay. So it's been eight years. It'll be nine years uh, right in, the, in a couple months. Now, so. Okay, nice. And remind me where you are. I am in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. That's what I, because you said you fly out of Newark a lot, right? To, I fly, yeah. I'm in yeah. Northeast Pennsylvania and okay. in Scranton area. So okay. I fly, I like, it, we have an airport here, but it's all connecting flights, even to Orlando. Mm -hmm. And I, I have had bad luck with getting connectors canceled. So I tend to just drive to either Newark or Philadelphia and fly direct from there. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, my trying plants question was, you know, with the amount of travel involved, do you, you think it's the right amount of travel? Do you feel the urge like I should be doing more? I should be doing more travel. Where where's your balance of the amount of travel you do with the parks? It, it kind of depends. It, it's tough. It's tough for me because I work from home, so I I deal with the kids most of the time. So mm -hmm. like I take them to school, I pick them up from school. My wife has a real job, <laughs> and um, so whenever I'm out of town she has to figure that stuff out mm -hmm. so we either have to use my parents live locally so like sometimes they'll get the kids from school or she'll right. take like a half day or you know every once in a while she can get a work from home day or something so i try not to travel much mm -hmm. just because um because that gets gets really messed up so mm -hmm. um as far like personally i i would travel a ton like i but if I could travel, it depends. If I could travel with my family, I would travel almost constantly. Yeah. Um, without them, you know, I, I'm not sure how much. I, even now, I only, I'm only gone. This year, I think I was, between California and Florida, I think I was gone four times was mm -hmm. all. Okay. Um, for like four or five days a piece. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that feels, that feels about right. Mm -hmm. Um, this is very weird to say on a, a theme park focused podcast, <laughs> but if I could travel more to other places other than Orlando, <laughs> yeah. I would be much more willing to travel more because I do like to see other things. And even as much as I do love the theme parks, um, especially going by myself where I'm not, I, I when I'm there by myself, I really don't even ride rides unless I have to for research purposes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, it does after a while. I'll just get to be like, okay, I'm just going to hang out in my hotel room for a couple yeah. <laughs> hours and watch TV. Decompress. Yeah. I worked uh, for an airline for six and a half years. Most of the trips I took were to Disney. And we would always <laughs> be like, okay, we should be going other places. We got good deals with hotels. Yeah. We have good flight benefits. And we, you know, dabbled a little bit, but not the travel we should have been doing. And I was like, oh, but I can go to Disney for free. <laughs> go yeah. do that. We, we finally, we, we've been using our like Disney Chase rewards card for yeah. years and finally just signed up for one that has better travel rewards that's, mm. that, so that we can actually use it other places. Yeah. Because, you know, right, right. my kids now are 11 and eight and um, they still like the Disney parks and we'll mm -hmm. still go. We usually still go like once a year or once every other year at least, but uh, we're trying to expand into other yeah. places. We went, uh, well, I was going to say we went to Paris last year, except we also went to Disneyland Paris while, we were there. <laughs> well, while you're there. You might yeah. as well. <laughs> um, but we I did. We went too. to we went to Germany uh, the year before, like with with my mom and my brother and stuff. Cool. So you know, we're trying to at least go other places with them now that they're yeah. a little bit older. Yeah, I've had a friend of mine just came back from Tokyo and went to both uh, 
mm-hmm. uh, sea and, and the main park. And, you know, Tokyo has always been a place that I've wanted to go to. And, you know, just in terms of the city and the Disney parks. And, but the flight, oof, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a bucket list <laughs> item for sure. But I enjoyed Paris for what it was. And really revisiting it on the Imagineering story was, uh, I, you know, it's enlightening. To, to be reminded of everything that it's been. The, yeah, it's um, definitely an odd park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very odd park. It's, it's, it's the day I went just quickly. Every play, we tried to hit the big attractions and every time we, like, we went to Space Mountain first and they were like, oh, we're closed. You should go to lunch. I was like, what? No, we're going to go across the park <laughs> and go, all right, let's go to Thunder Mountain. And then we'd get across the park. Like we'd ride a couple of things along the way. And by the time we got to Thunder Mountain, it was like, uh, it's closed. You guys should try, and you know, maybe you should eat and come back. And we're like, what's happening right now? Why are you redirecting me to eat? Yeah. I Which is funny because, uh, the, I mean, the, the food in Paris in general yeah. is fantastic. And the food in the parks is some of the worst food I've ever tried <laughs> to eat. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I think we did the Woody's barbecue place, if I recall, and it was like this is this is the only thing we're trying. <laughs> we, we actually ate at the Rainforest Cafe in mm. the village just because my kids saw it and they were like, "Oh, let's let's go there." And we were like, "You know what? All of this all of this food is terrible. Might as yeah. well." <laughs> Animatronic gorillas for a half an hour. Right. Yeah. This seems familiar. Let's just do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the holidays. What do you got plans for the holidays? What do you usually do? What are some of your traditions? We tend, we're, we're kind of homebodies around Christmas, especially, um, none of us, no one in my family is particularly religious, but we, we celebrate kind of a secular Christmas for the most part. Um, and, um, you know, we, we, I grew up, I was, geez, I don't even know. I, I was probably 30 or close to 30 before I woke up anywhere except my parents' house on Christmas oh, morning. Cool. <laughs> uh, because even when I, when I moved away, I used to go back up on Christmas Eve. And mm-hmm. so I was there. Even when I, after I got married, my wife and I would both spend Christmas Eve night at my parents' house yeah. and mm-hmm. wake up there. It wasn't until, I think it might have actually been my daughter's first Christmas mm-hmm. when we finally stayed in our house. Mm-hmm. And because we were like, well, now we have right. Right. started yeah. our own thing. Um, <laughs> But it hasn't changed a ton. I mean, we basically, Christmas Eve, we usually go to a movie um, and go out to dinner with like my parents. My brother will come into town. So we all go, we pick a movie that, you know, mo- usually a, fair, a kid-friendly one. I know we saw the first Frozen on a Christmas Eve. Or, um, this year, my, my kids are very excited about the new Jumanji season. Uh-huh. So I think that one's going <laughs> to be the one this year. Um, and then uh, we get up Christmas morning, open all the presents here. Uh, Santa luckily also visits my parents' house and <laughs> kids' presents there. Nice. So they basically get double Christmas because they open their presents here. And then we stay in our PJs and go to my parents and they open their presents there. And then mm-hmm. we, we, you know, clean up and shower and everything before dinner. And that's pretty much it. Like yeah. nothing, nothing big. It's just just a lot of sitting around and opening way too many presents. Yeah. Your Christmas day sounds exactly like our Christmas day, actually. <laughs> we, we're home with our kids in our houses doing the Santa thing. Then we go to our parents' house and we do it all over again yeah. right after. Yeah. There's fried dough and mimosas. There is fried dough oh. and mimosas. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. We haven't started mimosas. That's a good uh-huh. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, in terms of the parks, the, the thing that we've been talking to a lot of folks over these 12 days, and one of the themes we've been noticing along the way, and even on Twitter, is how much everyone loves the decor at mm -hmm. hashtag always MGM Hollywood Studios. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, where do you think it's gone? Like, how do you, how did it work? Because most people would be like, I can't believe they got rid of the Osborne lights. I'm still angry. But they've managed to make this transition such that it's been wildly successful, I think. Yeah, it's, they've done a really good job with the decorations. I, their, their decision to go with the kind of old timey decorations around like Echo Lake and Hollywood Boulevard and stuff, I, I, it was a really, really good decision. Mm -hmm. I like that they even play a lot of the old like 50s kind of crooner music yeah. and everything there. Um, it, it makes a very nice, calm environment. I do, I do miss the Osborne lights and I kind of wish they would have been able to find a better home for them. But, uh, but I, I get it. Like there's not <laughs> streets of America was one of those weird things where like there was literally nothing else going on there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Um, there's just no other place in the parks like that. And I, do you think it, it couldn't work at Disney Springs just because of the crowd control is that, do you think the biggest issue? Yeah. And, and there's not, there's not really, I mean, they, they, I guess they could put it around some of the shops and things, but yeah, yeah. it would really, Disney Springs gets busy enough yeah. on, on weekend nights, especially, I think it would have been tough. And I think they would have had pushback from some of the shops, yeah. mm -hmm. and restaurants that, because right. it would have made it very hard to get into. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the ship has sailed on it. I don't think it's coming back or anything. Uh, unless they, I, I've heard that they have gotten rid of quite a few of the lights that, mm. that mm. you know, much like my, my favorite nighttime parade, Spectrum Magic. Yes! <laughs> yes! Um, so, Spectrum Magic is still my favorite park oh music of all time, I think, the, the theme. Talk about um, Spectrum Magic all day long. No, it is the greatest theme. I mean, you want to talk about like Epcot BGM and things like that. Okay. But the Spectrum Magic music to hear, you know, to any part of the park and you hear it blasting. It like draws you. Jen makes fun of me how I used to run towards uh, the March of the First Order when it was at hashtag always MGM. Did that was a similar. Used to? Used well, to run? well, it's over now. Still do it. Oh, all right. But now, but back then, I definitely the similar pull of like you hear that spectral yeah. music and it pulls you in, and you're like, yes, this is Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I think I mean, Hollywood Studios suffers now, possibly more than ever, from just a lack of cohesive theme. It's mm -hmm. it's really just a couple separate parks. Yeah. So um, now, if they if next year they start a Life Day celebration in Galaxy's Edge, mm -hmm. then it will be the perfect <laughs> you know holiday time environment. But I like I do I like all the parks at the holidays. I think they do, and the resort and, and yeah. the hotels too. Like I think the decorations, the music, everything is is almost perfect. The, the only complaint I have, I will say, I spent one night. A lot of times when I travel for, for touring plans, um, I'll stay in a different hotel every night because mm -hmm. it's just a way to kind of scatter shots, you know, see all of them as much as possible. So right. I spent one night at the Polynesian this last time I was there and uh, sitting, just sitting at the Polynesian, listening to the kind of soft Polynesian music is, is one of them the things that will always relax me no matter how stressed out I am. Mm -hmm. And they were playing Christmas music and it just didn't, uh, it, it didn't feel right. right. Um, and it was kind of, it had kind of a tropical vibe to most of the songs, but still I'd almost rather just hear the, 
the, the Polynesian music, at least sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, but other than that, I don't think they make, I, I think they make very, very few missteps with, with their holiday stuff. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, we, we half joked that we found our long lost sibling in Angela <laughs> because there's just so much in common. There's some similarities. There's all these things. Brian, <laughs> we may have another in you. I mean, our Christmas I, days are the same. Yeah. You're talking to us about spectro magic and the Polynesian. Just come on, come on over to the Dillo side. I, <laughs> and I'm definitely coming reason. from mimosas on Christmas morning. Yes, yeah. exactly. Definitely. Do your kids want any big hot ticket toy items this year? What's, what's cool in the eight to 11 age range? Cause I have no idea. Um, it's tough. My daughter, the 11 year old is an incredible, she's a lot like me. She's an incredibly practical child, which for the most part is good. Um, trying to get her to make a Christmas list is (laughs) tough though, because, um, she'll, she'll just be like, I don't know. I don't really need anything. Mm -hmm. That's, that's great. But people want to give you stuff. (laughs) You either pick it or we'll just make stuff up. So, um, so she she's doing some unorthodox thing, you know. She's having a Christmas party for some of her friends, um, you know, and um, you know we. I think she's she wants to take some of her friends to a movie once, and you know, just things like that. That rather than actually buying just things, so. Yeah. Um, my son is not like that. He asked for a foosball table and a hoverboard. <laughs> and, oh, nice. Um, God, I can't even remember. He went through the like Toys R Us catalogs. So for, <laughs> not Toys R Us anymore. I think it was a Target catalog. But yeah. <laughs> um, just, just yeah. circling like like five things per page until we yeah. were like, okay, dude. Like, <laughs> You're <laughs> <it> good. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. And but, do um, you... the big oh. one, and you know, I don't know if they can hear me. They're getting a Disney trip. <gasps> yeah. Um, you know, the end of January. So awesome. That's nice. that's the big one. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, I was going to ask uh, what was next on the trip list. Like, if you had one planned, or if you were just thinking. So and just end that of one January with, with the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you don't have to whisper. They can't. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Um, you never know. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the family one. Which um, it's been a while. I think it, it, it'll have been almost two years since my kids have been at Disney World. They've been okay. at Disneyland once in between there. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're, you know, the, I think they'll be thrilled because they yeah. love, they love Flight of Passage and, uh, you know, and, and Rise of the Resistance now is open. And mm-hmm. the, although neither one of them are super into Star Wars, um, they like new rides. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's nice for me because like I, don't really have to work right so yeah be there and just kind of ride stuff and yeah yeah take it all in once and not film myself doing right. <laughs> right, right, right like i'm eating why do i feel yeah. like i'm having this private moment I, what's happening I, did, I didn't take a picture of my food before yeah. I ate it. i'll probably still do that anyway. yeah, yeah. and what and so that's a lot you're going like the last week of january too like the you yeah. and crossing over right yeah just bear, by like a day or two i think we're overlapping a little bit yeah and then that's probably it i don't know i don't have any work trips planned or anything mm-hmm. although i tend not to plan those very far usually it's more like hey this ride's opening you know yeah right. <laughs> someone to go do it i'm like hey. right. so but next year i think it's really just it's uh ratatouille's opening and then runaway railway runaway railway mm-hmm. um 
I don't think that's there's not a lot for 2020. I don't think 2021 is the big one, so I'll probably yeah. end up being yeah. down there. I have, I have been petitioning Len Test and my boss uh, for uh, two years now to let me be the one that reviews the Star Wars hotel. So I'm hoping uh, that will pay off in 2021. Nice. <laughs> we'll see, because there's be no chance I'm paying for that on my own. Yeah, <laughs> my that God, would be amazing. Of all the things uh, between now and the uh, 50th anniversary, is the Star Wars Hotel your number one? Uh, that's definitely the thing I am most interested in uh, from both being a Star Wars fan, but also just the practical reasons. I, I mean, this is no one's ever done anything like that before. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm not 100% sure it will be as successful as they think it will be. I mean, I think monetarily, I think it will be sure. ridiculously successful as far as actually keeping people engaged and active for the full time they're there. I'm not 100% sure that that right. will work. And I don't know how it will be for like repeat visitors if, you know, for really rich people, I guess, mm -hmm. that can do it multiple times. Um, but it's just so unlike anything that, the, that not only Disney, anyone has ever done. Uh, I'm very, very curious about about that. Uh, as far as the rides go, I think probably the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Again, that's um, anyone who hasn't seen, it's a roller coaster, but the actual cars of the roller coaster will be able to rotate. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll, so we are assuming what that means is that there will be some like kind of show scenes within it where it will actually ah. kind of slow down and turn you to look at something and then right. back and launch you again probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so that sounds just really, really cool. I yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, we, and in terms of touringplans.com, like how far in advance will you start looking at uh, the potential number increase attendance wise for starting in October of 2021? October 2021, we'll start looking at in probably three or four months. We're wow. usually about 18 months ahead yeah, okay. on stuff cool. like that. Mm -hmm. we, we forecast on the site, we forecast a year in advance. Right. Um, but for big things like that, we're usually, we're usually looking into it at least a few months so that by the time we get to that 365 day mark, we're pretty comfortable with the numbers and they change all the time based, you know, they, yeah. e even, even Disney who knows what they're, what their attendance is and knows what their room uh, occupancy numbers are, things that we don't know, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, even they get surprised by crowds sometimes. So right. uh, we don't feel as bad when it happens to us, but we try, we, we try to keep that to a minimum. Yeah. yeah. All right, awesome. Cool. Well, I, I, I feel like we could keep going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, all I gotta do is sleep, so. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs that? I think we need to have you and Angela on another time and just do a full sibling <laughs> reunion. Yeah, yeah. You really want to hear people yell over each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, isn't that what happens when families get together? Come on. <laughs> we'll do like a, family, a family dinner episode. Yes. Ooh, I like it. That, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was I was raised basically to with the uh, – with the idea that if you wanted to say something, you just had to say it louder than <laughs> currently talking. Right. And you win. So yeah, that'll perfect. <laughs> could be right. fun. This is a all plan. Right. All right. Levels all over the place, but yeah. put it on the list. For yeah. 2020 goals. <laughs> yes. Well, on Twitter at yes, that Brian. Correct. Uh, touringplans.com at touringplans on all the social media, right? Yep. That across the board. Yep. And um, YouTube. I mean, I, 
YouTube. Oh, well, the YouTube. Yeah. Only guys. Yeah. Also, touring plans. I mean, just search for touring plans. You'll find my face. More <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you so much for talking with us on the 12 Days of Delos Tiz Twitter Ohana. And we're definitely all get together in 2020. Oh, yeah. Sure. This was a blast. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And have a happy holidays. You, you too. Good company. Well, that was Brian from touringplans.com. Yes. Which uh, we have been thrilled to uh, collaborate, as it were, with both he and Angela Dahlgren over the past six, seven months or so. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just like one of those things that happen because the people in this community are really great. Yeah. You know, and if you don't know what Touring Plans is, or if you've never been to touringplans.com, okay. they have customizable step-by-step -step guides for seeing Disney World's best attractions and minimizing your wait in line, like up to four hours. So go check it out. They have yeah. subscriptions. Check it out now. Yeah, now, it's pretty awesome. It. And I'm excited that not only have we found our sister in Angela, we have found a brother in Brian. Because some of the things sure. you were saying just aligned with the Cardillo ways of things. And uh, I love it. Yeah, we're definitely going to do a family dinner. Everyone's got yeah. to bring, we're actually going to eat on the podcast. Yeah, I think so. Back in the day, we did that little fettuccine Alfredo video with the morning monorail. So That's right. we're not, yeah, we're, we're not uh, opposed to eating while on talking. The podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No so uh, we're, we've got three more, three more days of the 12 days of Dillo's Diz, Twitter, Ohana, who is left? This is flying by. It's, I don't know about anybody else. Yeah, it's going to be Christmas. And have I done any shopping? No. Um, yeah, I just have a lot of boxes in my garage. Why? Because I'm editing 12 podcasts. <laughs> Perhaps we need to hire an editor as part of our company. Okay. Well, it's it's 12, 12 podcasts to edit and this illness that is like wrecking yes. me. Yeah, I was thinking that if um, you, if this was just us doing our weekly podcast and you had gotten sick like this, it would have been yeah. like, nah, you figure it out with somebody else this week. Yeah. Sleep in yeah. This yeah. Looks like you and Mr. Snidello. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you got to push through for these 12 days, you know? Yeah. We got another big guest tomorrow. Yes. Another podcaster, Disney podcaster. Yes. A little tease. I'm going to do a tease. Oh, oh, a tease. Can I tease and say... Maybe the next two days. Oh, yes. Before the grand finale. The grand finale. Might as well tease the grand <laughs> finale of it the 12 days. Is grand. It is epic. It is. That's all we're saying. Yes. It is a culmination. I don't want people to hear a, my excitement. A rightful culmination <laughs> of the 12 days of the Dillo's Days. Twitter Ohana. So get ready for the final three days here until then. She's Jen. I'm Frank. Bye-bye. Deuces. The 12 Days of Dillo's Diz Twitter Ohana on Theme Park Thursday featuring Frank Cardillo and Jen Cardillo Snyder. The theme and good company composed by Match Harvey. The outro was performed by Lindsay Zarugian. The Dillo's Diz fact checker is Mel Dale. You can give a like to Dillo's Diz on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dillo's Diz. Follow Dillo's Diz on Twitter, on Instagram, and on TikTok at Dillo's Diz. You can go to Dillo'sDiz.com for more information regarding our podcasts, blogs, throwbacks, and more. 
or you can subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Diz, where we released our video, Disney is all around. We reached $500 for our Give Kids the World fundraiser, so we have made a video direct from Snydillo Studios. Comment, have a good laugh, enjoy, and donate to Give Kids the World Village this holiday season. Get the link at Dillosdiz.com. We'll see you real soon, and that real soon is tomorrow for the 12 days of Dillos Diz Twitter Ohana. The Improviser's Guide Network 2019.